Hi, I'm James Schillinglaw, and I'm here in Montreal, Canada. I'm here at the Virtuoso Symposium and with a familiar face, Matthew Upchurch, who's chairman and CEO of Virtuoso. We're going to talk to Matthew about uh, what went down here at Symposium, because we're really at the last day, and what the prospects are for the future for Virtuoso, as well as how we've handled the last the really surge in business in the last few months, last year. And you're going to hear about all that and more on Insider Travel Report. Matthew, first of all, thank you again for inviting me to Symposium. It's been a, always a great meeting with you, always great seeing you. We see each other a lot over the course of the year, uh, but this is always a very special time because it's a much more intimate gathering of your advisors and your suppliers. But let's talk about that. I mean, first of all, my first question is, why did you choose Montreal uh, as the site of this year's Symposium, and what, what is luxury about Montreal? Well, first of all, uh, bonjour, James. <laughs> bonjour, bonjour, right? bonjour, bonjour, as I say. Right? Um, well, first of all, we, we have a very strong uh, network here, uh, so both inbound and outbound, um, and we have a fabulous relationship with uh, tourism, with Destination Canada and Tourism Montreal. So um, this has been on the books, and one of the reasons we pick places is when the private sector and the government come together um, and really put forth a fabulous proposal, and we thought they did a great job. And we we felt that this was kind of an undervalued gem mm -hmm. um, that a lot of people didn't really, hadn't visited in a long time or, or were underestimating, and that's exactly what we found out. Everybody has absolutely been um, just delighted. And, I mean, I even had, you know, one of our one of our partners is a representation, uh, Carlos Correa lives in, in Vancouver. His wife is from Northern Quebec and they come through here all the time. He's, he's, he's now a Canadian citizen and says, Oh my gosh! I need to stop here and actually spend some time. No, it's absolutely. You know, I, I you know, as you know, I'm, I live in New York area, and and I keep saying I'm going to come up here, and I never do. It's an hour hour flight. You know, so. Well, I mean, the food, the culture. Um, we had an incredible Gregory Charles, is a you know, famous performer up here, who did a fantastic job. Um, you know, he he started life as a not only the boys' choir but also a tour guide. And you know, one of the things that I wanted to share with everybody that, that is one of my number one takeaways, Gregory Charles talked about the fact that back in the 20s and 30s that there was no um, segregation in, in the artistic community here. So this was a place, early place, where artists of all races and colors could come together and play together. And he told a story about that it's so much so that through the 20s, 30s, and 40s that later on in the 50s and 60s, when you had, um, you know, when you had mixed races and stuff in a band, it was called playing the Montreal way. Mm -hmm. So how, what, I, and those are the kind of really cool stories that give a heart to a place. And I've, I've fallen in love with Montreal. Well, of course, in the 30s, you can also get a drink here. So that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bootlegging going on. Uh, that came up, actually, during the conference. Okay. And, of course, and of course, the hotel we're staying at right now is where John and Yoko did their sleep in many years ago. Yep, the famous bed in. And, uh, you know, uh, again, wonderful culture here. Lots of, uh, you know, they have tons of festivals, mm -hmm. the food, the culinary scene here. And the other thing is, this is a bit of uh, Europe with uh, without the price tag. Right. I mean, this and, is... And the value of the Canadian dollar right now is a real good deal for Americans. The quality of, of, of our accommodations here, the the value is really is really remarkable. Yeah, and you also got to go to the circus, right? 
It's always a circus around me. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is actually the home of the circus, Cirque du Soleil, Cirque Louise, I think is the one you went yeah. to. Uh, it really is an amazing city. So it is really, it can be very much a luxury destination, right? Yeah, and very, um, I didn't know that it's also like one of the comedy capitals of the world, right? So you have the, the, the global home of circus, comedy, cuisine, jazz. This is the largest jazz a festival in the world is here, so very a lot of cool stuff going on here. I, I, I totally was blown away and exceeded my expectations. Well, we're glad that we came up here. It really was something that I've been trying to do for years, and I just never have. Now let's let's get back to Virtuoso sure. now a little bit. Uh, obviously, how are sales for your members right now? Everybody that I talk with in the travel agency community is saying uh, things are booming right now. Right? Yeah, we actually shared some of those statistics. Um, overall, our sales are up 91 percent over 2019. That's an amazing figure. Yeah, I mean, almost double over 2019, which is just amazing. And then, of course, we have certain categories, you know, on the hotel side, I think it's almost, you know, 180, 70-something. Um, and then even in the cruise sector, you know, like river cruising is up like 200%, and expedition is going through the roof. So uh, That's for 23 and even into 24. Absolutely, yeah. And we have, while booking patterns are back, people are still booking further. You know, they also are booking things, you know, 24, 25 um, which is why we're very grateful to our cruise partners for coming out with itineraries sooner, um, you know, for for further out booking. Yeah. Now, there's so much business now. One of the challenges for your members is how are they handling that? Because all I hear is I can't, I can't, don't have enough time. Well, I mean, absolutely. Um, but I will say that one of the things I'm really, really proud of is we started focusing on new talent. Frankly, we made it our mission statement in 2001. Yeah, way back then, yeah. Way back then. And, um, and we've been focusing on professional development, talent acquisition uh, for quite some time. Yes, they are overwhelmed, but we're working on a, a number of strategies, professional development strategies. We talked about a talent acquisition here um, and a lot of different things. So I also think there's an opportunity um, in, in the marketplace to pair up um, advisors with people that are really good at the the functional part of it, right? Okay. Um, because I think for 20 some odd years at the beginning of the GDS, having to learn um, GDS um, command language kind of biased people to being left brain. Mm -hmm. And then when the online revolution happened, right? And we had that shift, we went to kind of the right brain type person that's great with open-ended questions and all that. Like for me, I always joke with myself. Like I know that Sudoku is some sort of uh, some sort of a puzzle or something, but right. that's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a real opportunity now in the industry to really um, put together unique ability teams around left brain, right brain, um, and and when you do that right, it's an exponential um, improvement in productivity. Yeah, and also, so if you're you're figuring out ways to to you know, obviously it's incredible business, and it all it's sort of rather ironic because. Do you think now is kind of one of the best times ever to be a travel advisor? Well, you know, we, you know, we always thought that um, travel has the fundamentals of travel. The fact that there's five generations of people traveling all at the same time that's never happened before. I love the statistic that you know the longevity revolution on the baby boomer side is the one where like I love this one that 80 percent, roughly 80 percent of all human beings since the beginning of mankind that have reached the age of 80 are alive today. So that's we've always had eight year olds, just not that many. And then on the on the other side, you have the the prioritization of experiences. What's good about this is the attraction of our industry. Um, you know, the fact that you can travel from anywhere. I mean, work from anywhere, do all that. 
um, is, is it, so yes, I do think. And in fact, you know, even during the pandemic, I kept saying in a lot of my videos that I did for the network that one of the most important things that advisors needed to do, and I know it was counterintuitive given that there was no business, yeah. was to really figure out who they did not want to do business with okay. and how to, how to, quite frankly, part ways with those customers that weren't really the optimal match. Um, and that's something that, that's also very important right now. No, absolutely. And it is ironic that just two, three years ago, we're saying, are we going to survive this? Because it was nobody even understand this crisis that we were going through. And now it is really is the best time to be a travel advisor and you got more business than you can handle. And you actually had addressed that even before uh, the pandemic. I think you told me you were trying to make some changes to Virtuoso, evolve your organization. Uh, how did the pandemic accelerate those changes for you? Yeah, we actually had looked at a lot of the things that, that were success, but what was going to accelerate? And one of the areas um, that we did, in, in we added some areas of expertise that we didn't have before. We added a product division. Um, maybe the best way to, way to analogize that is that, you know, it's like an F1 analogy. Somebody builds the car, somebody drives the car, somebody services the car, right? So we're, we're able to accelerate by having people that have very specific capabilities and skills and then have the actual tools and, and time to be able to, to, to execute that and hand it off better. So we're a better global company. We now have general managers all over the world. Right. Um, we've added the, the, the product division. Um, and there's a lot of things that we've done to kind of streamline the way in which the, 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 the team works from, you know, sales to support to all that kind of stuff, but very much focused on being able to deliver. We feel that the future of Virtuoso is our ability to deliver the right content, the right tools, depending on where any individual advisor is in their, you know, growth from, you know, novice focus to an iconic advisor. Well, you've made some changes. Obviously, you have. Uh, I think you're, you have upcoming. You're going to look at virtuoso.com again. You're going to look at that whole Adin and have a new version of that. You have your campaign, So Virtuoso. You have a new magazine, a, a virtu now it's just called Virtuoso. I mean, those are the visible changes, but you've also made changes in your staffing. Uh, so you've made a lot of changes just in the last year alone, right? Yeah, and, and a lot of that, again, it has to do with complementary capabilities uh, underpinned by uh, the importance of data and really showing how you know, human connection and, you know, is the thing that differentiates us, but data is what binds us together. So the ability to leverage data while also amplifying our humanity, um, and that's one of the reasons that AI, for example, was such, you know, AI and synthetic media was one of the big topics that we had here. Yeah, you had like two sessions on it. It was crazy. I mean, and I, I honestly, in the last month, I can't tell you how many sessions I've seen on AI. and. It's still a mystery to me about how it's going to mesh with what we do here. Obviously, there are functions in AI that we can use, uh, but as you mentioned, it's still going to emphasize the human connection even more, right? Well, uh, I think what's going to happen with AI is exactly what happened with the internet, just a lot faster. Mm -hmm. um, because as uh, Gilad Bernstein, who's one of our board members, said, you know, the difference between the, the, the rollout of the internet is that it took a lot of hardware. The hardware is already there, so I think that the speed it changed. But you know, in the very, you know, in, in the very near future, talking about AI 
will be like talking about the internet when it, you know once it was established it's like talking about I have a phone, you know, or I drive a car. I mean, it's going to be embedded in everything um, that we do. And I'm incredibly bullish because what it does is it, it really adds value. You know, we had Dr. Brene Brown was one of our keynote speakers back before anybody knew who she was. And I literally used one of her quotes that is even more relevant. I've used it multiple times over the last 15 years. And she literally said that as technology becomes more ubiquitous, people would not only desire but crave authentic human connection. Right. One of the AI experts that I follow was saying that, you know, human beings are kind of wired to trust other human beings, you know, that, that we have a propensity to do that. But with AI, with everything looking and sounding real, even more so than ever, it's gonna be the human factor, the trust factor, that is going to be uh, really important. No, and in fact, look, I've been hearing all these presentations, and uh, what I come away with is that both travel advisors aren't going away, you can use AI, and the fact that I actually might have a job too, because I hear that they're just going to write the articles for me, right? <laughs> well, there's a, I, you know, we, I think Sundar Pichai of Google said it's, it's really going to be that super assistant, right? right. Uh, and it is going to force us to go up the value chain of creativity, um, so, you know, um, there's a difference between information and wisdom. Right, absolutely. Now, you did talk about some of the strategies you're using. I think you talked about like sort of four basic strategies you're looking at to change Virtuoso and uh, innovating with data, but, but you tell me what those, what are, what, are you, what are you focusing in on really? Yeah, they're actually, they're actually uh, four key capabilities right. that we're working on um, because basically it's innovate with data. I mean, we've made huge investments in that area. A lot of interesting stuff. The most important thing there is to be able to show our partners, our members, and our advisors, literally be able to feel that when we have this data, you can literally feel the difference in the quality or the impact of what we do for you. So, and then so innovate with data. The other one is a tech ecosystem. We don't believe that there's a monolithic solution in travel technology. Um, you know, Unfortunately, the travel, the, the, the overall travel tech ecosystem, overall in the travel industry, is probably a decade behind, let's say, retail, um, you know, for a lot of reasons. But we feel that the, the future uh, of how we help our, our network is by creating a, a tech ecosystem that focuses on the ability of, so that we're not picking winners and losers, we're finding, identifying amazing trick startups, incumbents that are doing new features, but it's really focusing on interoperability, how to share data between these systems. Right. Um, because I think we grew up in an industry where everybody was used to like, well, I have one GDS with one accounting system and this is the way it goes and everybody, 80% of the market all use the same thing. Right. And I just, I think that's gonna change significantly. Right. Um, another one was a, we have been doing a lot of test and learn with uh, consumer marketing um, on how to basically help join our members in acquiring high-value travelers mm -hmm. um, with some very exciting results while also helping build a brand which helps the members attract more customers and quite frankly more advisors okay. um, right and then the other one is the new network digital experience so we did a lot of work we did a lot of a lot of foundational work um, to have a more modernized cloud-based etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, infrastructure which we first applied to the consumer side of our business but now we are developing a whole new network digital experience 
um, to help both our, our, our advisors, our members, and our partners interact with us on a more real-time basis. You got a lot on your plate here with all these different things going on, but it sounds like great. It's fun. It's obviously, it's, you're always evolving, always doing the technology. And I, I date from when you, we always talk about this, uh, when you mandate the use of fax machines in, in, uh, in all agency offices, which kind of, we're laughing at it now. What, what's a fax machine? <laughs> well, it's funny. Tanya Swasbrook, who's, you know, right. now remember, who, 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 who reminds me how old I am, who says, I've known you since I was 10 years old. <laughs> she actually was in the AI session or in the synthetic media session, and she literally walked back to the back of the room and said, you know, this kind of reminds me of when you were telling people to get a fax machine, so. And then you were the first one to do the intranet and things like that. It was, I remember we actually did a cover story back on my old yeah. magazine about API net or something. So it, you've been always innovative, so you gotta keep on going, right? Well, I think, you know, it's what's, what's cool about, um, you know, all the years I've spent at Virtuoso is that our job is to listen to our members, see what they are. They are, they are so innovative um, and our partners. And then how do we build, you know, how do we build an operating system? It's kind of the latest language I'm using. You know, I want Virtuoso to be a little bit like, like Apple iOS. Like, you know, all these amazing people are building all these applications, but how can I... You know, and how can the, the you know the, the virtuoso team and I provide an operating system that adds value to the incredible things that they do every day and the unique way in which they deliver value? Now you announced here that the next symposium uh, will be in Dubai, uh, basically next May, uh, a year from now almost, and. Um, any truth to the rumor? Because you had gone, as I was, I was actually in Dubai when you were in Dubai, and you went to the opening of Atlantis the Royal. You saw, you saw Beyonce. I emailed you, said, can I get in? And you said, no, I can't get you in. Uh, so is any truth to the rumor? You like Beyonce so much that you decided to go to Dubai, right? Well, Beyonce was great, but actually the person I really love there is Tom Rollins, who's the GM, oh, the GM, yeah. the GM of Atlantis the Royal, who I've known for many years. And... Uh, it's amazing when you have an over billion dollar project like that. It's absolutely amazing the things that are going there. But um, Tom and our friends at Jumeirah and our and our partners at Dubai Tourism uh, put together an amazing uh, amazing bid. So we're very much uh, looking forward to it. It was it was quite a, and it wasn't the opening. It was the reveal, uh, the reveal. But well, I was there. I could see the fireworks in the distance. It looked like it looked pretty impressive. I got to tell you. And and I, I hopefully I'll get back there. It looks like at least yeah. hopefully we'll get back there when you're there. Uh, but they're opening so many new properties, so many luxury properties there. It really obviously means, and I think you've been there before, but this is going to be amazing, amazing next meeting. But before that, you got a little thing called Virtuoso Week. Uh, what's that looking forward right now? How many, how many people do you think are going to be attending that one? Well, we're, you know, we're still three months out, so uh, we're at about 4,000 right now, so we will have a cutoff. Um, right. um, and uh, so, yeah, we're super excited. There's, there's a lot of... I think the thing that I love about Virtuoso Travel Week is how it's evolved. It's almost like a city that, that builds itself once a year. And I think one of the things that uh, I've, I've loved the most about it is that, you know how if you go to New York, right, you don't go to New York. You don't go to the whole city of New York. You, every time you go there, and what's the benefit of New York, right? It's choice. It's all the options. And so if you see what is going on at Virtuoso Travel Week you know, now versus years ago, mm -hmm. you have the partner lounge, you have you know, the, all the different areas that we have, the Globetrotters, the, globe trotters, the all globe things trotters, right. this, that. So it's all the different things that are, that are happening there um, that give our members and our partners the opportunity to, 
to coalesce around opportunities um, and have a lot of choice. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I mean, think about it. I started in 1988 with that, so. Well, you know, remember, it used to be a 500, it used to be 90, used to 98. Now, um, I, I'm looking forward to it. Sounds like it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to being there. Anything else you want to tell our viewers about what's going on with Virtuoso today and, and anything that came out of this symposium? Well, I think the thing that I, I, I think you alluded to before, I think it's, I'm incredibly proud of what this industry has achieved, what it is. I always felt that it, it had that opportunity, um, you know, and that I think that the other thing that I think we all need to be aware of is also while we're while we're virtuoso, we may be advisors and agencies and whatever. I will actually do a pitch for something else, which is the world the World Travel and Tourism Council, and I think it's important for all of us, even though the pandemic helped us, to keep reminding people, the media, and everybody that travel and tourism is a serious business. Right? It's the it's one out of every ten jobs in the world, um, and that is a force for good. So if you're not familiar with WTTC, um, you know, they have a great website, a lot of things they do, but um, I remember saying this years ago to a bunch of students at Cornell, you may leave there and be really smart people, but we all need to tell people that we're a unified force under travel and tourism. Absolutely, and you, have, uh, you and I have attended a few WTTC meetings, and I'm sure we'll do more. And in fact, you're you're working on uh, heading membership uh, re recruitment right now for them. So you you know, I, I think it's been a growing. As we were both in Saudi Arabia, it was the largest one ever, and so hopefully we can keep that momentum going. Yeah, and what I'm super excited about is that they've uh, the membership, you know, but we're actually starting a WTTC uh, digital network for S for small medium sized enterprises. Um, that's not a membership category, but I have felt that there's an opportunity for WTTC to be able to support small, mid-sized businesses. Um, and for example, Mark Tellio of Entree Canada here did this incredible presentation on the stories of Canada and about how travel and tourism to some of these places is such a lifeline for communities and for the environment and things like that. So. Well, Matthew, I want to thank you for inviting me once again to this incredible symposium. Looking forward to seeing you again uh, at uh, Virtuoso Travel Week in Vegas and hopefully in Dubai in about a year. Uh, I'm sure we'll see each other a few times since then. It's great to see you. Thank you, James, as always. I'm uh, James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report.